Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. America's values are under attack. They are the center of the division that is occurring within our country. Whether you are on the left or the right or somewhere in the middle, your goal is to redefine or maybe hold on to the American values that once existed 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. If you're on the right, you are trying to bring back the traditional values. If you're on the left, especially the progressive left, you're trying to continue to progress forward with America's values. But we are seeing the destruction of what that is causing. So what should our American values be? Welcome to episode 52 of Counterthought. This is a birthday episode. You may be able to hear it in my voice. I'm also a little bit under the weather, but I am committed to bringing you every single week a new episode. Again, I started off this podcast for myself, but I have since realized that it is well beyond just for me. It is for you and for those of you who feel like you you can't speak out or you are not ready to speak out. So I am glad to do this each and every single week, whether I am just a little bit sick and stuffed up like I am right now. Um, I'm just glad to be here and, and to be with you and to talking on your behalf. And thank you for your support. But Memorial Day was this past weekend. And like I said, this is a birthday episode. I am into my mid-30s. I'm actually wrapping up <laughs> coming up on the the back end of, of my mid-30s. And with each birthday, I'm starting more and more to take some time of, of reflection. And last year on my birthday, if you go back and listen to that episode, it's going to be probably episode four or five, something like that. You know, I mentioned, oh, I, I'm, I'm turning 35. And based on life expectancy, you know, my my life is almost half over, you know, and I didn't really like thinking about that. You know, that kind of took like a a little a dark turn, a little morbid turn to, to think about death. But I was reflecting upon, okay, well, what what have I what have I done in my life? Right, I've been out of college. I've been an adult now for the same amount of time. I've been an adult for as long as I've it took me to become an adult. You know, eighteen years. Wondering, okay, looking at my life, what have I accomplished? I've been out of college, uh, finished my master's degree. Now, 11 years ago, just this past month would be like the 11-year anniversary since I finished grad school. So I'm looking and I'm like, okay, what, what have I done? You know, I, I have a good job. I have a great family. I have great friends, great community, great extended family. You know, all of these things I'm very appreciative of. But when it comes to looking at what have I really done with, with my life and what am I really fighting for? What do I stand for? I'm taking more and more time to to reflect upon that. And I would put this podcast in there as, you know, maybe my contribution to to society. You know, standing up for American freedom, culture and values through this podcast. 
yes, and along with that, I I should be as a Christian, you know, going out and making disciples, following the great the great commission. But beyond that, this podcast is, I guess, my my second my second thing that I am doing to try to actually leave leave my handprints, my fingerprints on America. So again, thank you for your support each and every single week. And whenever you like something of mine, please share it. You know, grow the podcast. That's that's all I ask. So Memorial Day was this past weekend. Memorial Day, you know, we are we are remembering those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Those who not only were part of the military, but died in war. And I couldn't help but think the bo- the boys, the men, the women who gave their life going back to World War One. Were they fighting for what America stands for today? Or if there was some way for us to to pluck one of them back out from, let's say, World War I, World War II, and say, hey, think of America then when you committed to our military and compare it to America now. Would you still stand up for the values of this country? Would you stand up for you know, the, what America is, right? You know, we are supposed to be the best country in the world. We have slipped in recent years, especially like with education and, you know, caring for those who are less fortunate and and so on and so forth. And I'll get into that a little bit more here in this episode, but I couldn't help but think what would these men and women who gave their life for our country back in all the wars going back to, to World War One, would they say today that they would do the same thing for today's country? Or is, or is our country today just, just too far gone? Each and every single day, you can see the fight for the soul of our nation, the values of our nation. You know, you have the, the Democrat left and they're wanting to, they're being driven by the progressive party, you know, the, the woke brigade, so to speak. You know, continuing, as I've said numerous times with this podcast, the fundamental flaw of progressivism is that you continue to want to do the next thing, even though the next thing isn't even good. Even if the next thing is not even good, a progressive mindset is, oh, well, we have to do the next thing. And then progressivism ends up eating itself because it you you can never s- sustain that. You can never sustain that. And then there's this, this mindset of victimhood and how victimhood should be be rewarded, like it is a, a badge of honor. And we see these things and America just being pulled more and more to the left. And then you have those of us here on the right and maybe the center right, maybe in some moderate Democrats who are like, whoa, 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 way too far, way too far. I mean, in my lifetime, in my my 36 years here on earth, the shift is drastic on the Democrat party, way to the left. And the right, the conservatives like myself, you know, we're trying to trying to hold on. You're thinking of like a tug of war. You know, you have you have both sides, both teams. You have the flag hanging in the middle of the rope, and you are just tugging and tugging and tugging. And that's what I feel like myself and those of us here on the right, like we are trying to do. We are trying to pull that rope, pull that ribbon back over the line to bring us back to our conservative values, to bring us back to being in line as a as a country with with the Constitution. 
to truly be a country that is, you know, the land of opportunity to where you can, if you are born in America, you have the opportunity, the ability to make your own life, you know, to not be beholden to someone, to not be limited, but you have the opportunity. Now, success is not guaranteed and success is relative, right? So, but we want to, you know, continue to be that country that, that gives you the opportunity to do what you want with your life, to make a life for yourself. And that's equality, which is what we once wanted as a country. We wanted everyone to be treated equally. But now equality has transitioned to become considered equity, which is equal outcomes. I did an episode on this. Go back and check it out. It's called Equity versus Equality. But equity is about the same outcome. And in that episode, I talked about, or maybe even displayed the image of, of the classic photo of, you know, three people standing behind, behind a fence, watching, looking over the fence to watch a baseball game. And you have one person who is able to see over the fence, like head and shoulders above the fence. The second person is able to see like just above the tip of their nose above the fence. And the third person is too short and can't even see over the fence. And then, you know, equality, or as it says, is inequity is, you know, lifting everyone up so where they can see over the fence. You know, be at the same level to see the same thing in an equal outcome. Whereas if you applied everything equally, you know, they would, they would all get boosted the same. And the difference in heights would remain, but they'd still all be able to see maybe, you know, maybe be able to see over the fence. So I recommend you go back and listen to that episode, Equity Versus Equality. But that's what equality has has since shifted to, this, this movement of trying to not just say, hey, you have an equal shot, everyone's treated fairly, you know, no discrimination, but now to, hey, we need to make sure that everybody, everybody succeeds and we need, to all, we need to make sure that everyone succeeds on the same level. But is that a value that we truly want for, for America? Because if, if you are trying to... Let's, for equity and equality, if you are trying to get everyone to have the same result, then you are limiting certain individuals. Something has to be taken from someone else to be able to be given to someone else. So I don't think that's what we want. I want a country that stands for equality to give you that opportunity to make a life for yourself, to not be discriminated against. But equal outcomes is is ridiculous because you can be from the same family and not have an equal outcome. I have two siblings. They're each their, all three of us are our own individuals. All three of us have fought, taken our own career path. All three of us are doing things our own way, but our outcomes are, are not the same. You know, we, we each have, we're, we're all in our thirties, you know, we, we have families. So like, those are, those are similarities, but to think that I need to be like my sister and my sister needs to be like my brother and I need to be like my brother. And we all need to, to be the same. I don't understand that. What if that's not something that I want? What if I want to be content with where I am now? What if my sister or my brother wants to continue along in their careers or, you know, take a different path and to reach that, that contentment, that satisfaction with where they are in their life? That's fine. Like I shouldn't, I should not want them to, to stop where I am. You know, I should want them to continue to go forward and pursue, right. The pursuit of happiness 
to pursue that. But there is this pull to try to bring America from equality to equity. And then we have transgenderism. We have transgenderism trying to be pushed as, as the norm to be accepted, to, to accept the fact that a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man and to treat them the same. I've talked about this specifically as it relates to sports in a previous episode. You know, goes back to mid-March during the, um, the NCAA Swimming National Championships and the Leah Thomas story. You know, trying to, to convince everyone that, you know, a, a biological male, when they transition into becoming a woman, has, has no advantage over, over a woman physically. Well, we know that's, that's not the case. We know that's not the case. And the most progressive of that movement are trying to advocate that, yes, it is. You know, feminism first began when it was started out as, you know, bringing up to be the same and treated the same as, and considered the same as men. But now they've gone well beyond that to the point, like I said, progressivism eats itself. It is now to the point where they consider, okay, well, a man who identifies as a woman is supposed to be treated as a woman, but okay, well then, and when it comes to athletics, you are therefore taking over and eliminating biological women. What is that? Trying to also convince people that birthing people is the right terminology to use instead of, instead of a, a pregnant woman. A biological male cannot get pregnant, but we're supposed to go along with using terminology like a birthing person. How disrespectful is that to a woman? God created women to have this, this ability to create life create life in their womb and give birth to a child, bring life into this world. And then you have women who are okay with accepting a biological male that's transitioned into a transitioned into a woman to be considered a woman and take the, take the womanhood away and say, oh, a birthing person? No. That is not what America should be standing for. America should be standing for the unique characteristics that separate men from women, women from men. Yes, men and women should be treated the same, but there are certain characteristics, certain features of a man and a woman that are not the same. And we should celebrate that. We used to celebrate that. There was pride in being a man, being masculine. There was pride in being a woman, being feminine. But that is trying to be pulled away, again, closer to the edge of that cliff. You know, that visual of the tug of war, the rope is being pulled, the ribbon that is hanging down in the middle is being pulled more and more and more to the left. And we here on the right, we need to be digging in our heels, grabbing that rope hand over fist, hand over fist, and pulling and tugging and tugging more and more back to our traditional values, back to the right. We need to continue to do that. And then we talk about, you know, trying to change the democracy of our country. There's been calls for, there's been calls for um, getting rid of the electoral college, changing how, you know, each state gets two senators, changing the, the number of representatives for states, you know, all the, all this stuff. It's, it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. This is not what we should be going for. But America, I realize, you know, it's not perfect. It is not perfect. There are things about America that even if, you know, 
traditional values, conservative values, constitutional, that we still lack. You know, our education system is is sliding. We are, I think, just barely in the overall top 25% across all education or the overall top 25 of all education. You know, public schools and especially low-income communities are A through F and F-rated school. You know, it's this, this cycle that just continues to continue where children are not getting the education they need based on their living conditions, where they live, their household, and so on and so forth. And then you have other kids who are able to go to better schools and live in better areas and better households. And, you know, the, the gap is just continuing to widen. I'm a firm believer that, especially when it comes to kids, we need to give children every opportunity to succeed. Advocates for school choice say, hey, this would, you know, this would take care of that, right? You know, don't don't tie in the taxes, the property taxes into the funding for the schools because then the lower property values, which are in the lower, the impoverished communities is going to be lower, less money for those schools, which is just going to continue in, in you know, in a perpetuity. There will never be an F school into an A school in a, in a bad area. You can create like a charter school and those only have limited seats. So that's not even a perfect system. But I'm a firm believer that as a value of this country, we need to be setting up our children to succeed because our children are the future. Our children are the future. I'm in my mid-30s. Half my life is almost over. You know, I have my own kids. They are the future. They are the next generation. I'm Gen Y. I'm a millennial, as much as I don't like the term millennial. Gen Y. The next generation, Gen Z, and then my kids' generation. They're going to be the ones who are in charge as I am turning old and gray and, you know, my time on this earth is is coming to an end. They're going to be the leaders that are continuing to shape and control and lead this country. So we need to give these children every opportunity to have a quality education. Knowledge is power. But we have been failing as a country, these children. We have been failing our children with certain aspects of the public school system. I think that's something we need to change. That is one of America's shortcomings. Another area where we come up short as a country, I believe, is helping helping veterans. When veterans, when those who serve in the military who did not die in war, when they return to being a civilian, there are a lot of them struggle to do that. A lot of them struggle to do that. They, they were a soldier. They, you know, they need a better transition into civil society. And I think we need to do better by our veterans to, to make sure that occurs. We can do all of these other things, help out other countries, help out different, you know, countries through treaties and, and uh, agreements and so on and so forth. Yet we let thousands and thousands, if not, I don't know the exact number, but we let our veterans just, you know, fall to the wayside. We see plenty of them come upon hard times. There are numerous veterans who are part of the homeless community. I don't know every decision they made to get to that situation, but is there something that we as a country didn't do that could have prevented them from sliding into a situation where they, they, they end up homeless? 
So America, we are not perfect. We are not perfect. We have shortcomings. We have shortcomings even when it comes to capitalism. Capitalism is fantastic, right? It creates the wealthiest nation in the world, our country. But capitalism doesn't need to be seen as a religion. There are aspects of capitalism that are not good. That are not good. And I'm going to have another episode on that sometime in the future, you know, just breaking down capitalism and where I think it, you know, it comes up short, where I think it is actually hurting our country versus helping it. Just mention real quickly that I think capitalism, that it should not, or that at least it should be limited, I guess, when it comes to healthcare and pharmaceuticals. The idea of profiting millions and billions of dollars for billions of dollars for companies and hundreds of thousands of dollars per year for, you know, for physicians and physician groups and pharmaceutical companies, you know, that's to me, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I understand it takes a lot of skill, like as a doctor or a surgeon or something like that, as a nurse to do what you do. But some of the salaries are are crazy and the contracts that are being signed are are ridiculous. Pharmaceutical company, like especially for life-saving drugs, I'm a type 1 diabetic, I need insulin. If I didn't have insurance coverage, and it varies based upon your insurance coverage, you know, if I had to buy insulin over the counter for a 10 milliliter vial, we're talking about me paying over $300 for something to save my life. That is not okay. So capitalism, yes, that needs to be, continue to be part of the American framework, but capitalism is not perfect. Our education system is not perfect. What we do to help others who fall upon hard times, we are not perfect as a country. But our values moving forward, we can improve upon them. I believe we need to come back tr- to our traditional values, back to the values that we had as a country, you know, going back to World War One. And I just keep using World War One because, you know, I don't, I mean, I can read history books and know what it was like, you know, between the Civil War and World War One, but you know, that's that's a huge gap that's you know like 60 years. So I'm just gonna start in World War One because that's closer to the the modern times of of today, even though now it's like a hundred years ago. But we have plenty of strengths here in America to build upon for our values. You know, we are truly the land of opportunity. If you can get here, you can have the opportunity to succeed. Touched upon that earlier. America needs to continue to be that. That needs to be our value, one of our core values, one of the things that we stand for as a country, to be the land of opportunity. Say, hey, you come here legally, legally, you come here, you have the opportunity to make your life how you want it. That we need to continue to be that. We need to invest in those who were born here or those who come here legally as as an immigrant and are working and are contributing to our society, we need to continue to be the land of opportunity. That is what makes such a great draw for America from millions of millions of people coming from the other 200 plus countries in this world is the opportunity to have a better life here in America. And that's something I'm proud of. That's something we need to continue as a country. That needs to be one of our core values, the land of opportunity. We also need to hold the the Bill of Rights, right? I've touched upon the Constitution a couple of times here. I've slipped it in. We need to abide by our Constitution and stop trying to, to change it. You know, more and more constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. Right now we have about five. We have six right, right-leaning justices, but, you know, John Roberts, the Chief Justice, he's, he's not. 
he's not. So we have five. We have five, right? You know, those who are consider themselves constitutionalists or textualists, you know, whatever the terminology may be, we need to live by the constitution and preserve our constitution and not have the judiciary set laws for this country, but just have them do what they're supposed to do, which is determine whether the laws on the books, you know, new laws are, you know, abide by the laws that are currently on the books, right? We need to live by the constitution, the, the bill of rights. We need to live by these things. They should help shape our country. That needs to be one of our values, living by the, the document, the constitution that set our country free. We need to also embrace religious freedom. There are more than 15 major religions here in this country. It, I say major because if you get into um, if you get into all the different denominations within different religions, it's going to be hundreds. But religious freedom, that needs to be something here in America. And more specifically, I believe as a country, we need to get back to the Christian values being at the root and influencing what we do as a country, the, the morals that we keep as a country. You know, there's this whole thing about separation of church and state, but the morals of the country are rooted in Christianity. Morals for our laws are rooted in Christianity. And we need to be able as a country, I believe, to promote and talk about Christ and Christianity and use the Christian values for our country. Yeah, religious freedom. If you you don't have to be a Christian, right, to live here. I'm not saying that. Do I want you to be? Yes. But you should be able to, to do to practice whatever religion you want. And we've been able to do that here as a country. But we have, at the same time, slid away from those Christian values that helped shape our country. We need to bring those Christian values back into the fold, back into the daily life of our country. It needs to permeate through our lives in this country. We also need to allow for or continue the cultural and ethic, ethic, ethnical, <laughs> struggle with that word there, diversity in this country. We, have, we are a melting pot. We hear that all the time. And I am proud of that. We need to continue to be that. Every culture, you know, celebrate it, right? Should be proud that we have so many cultures in this country so many cultures, but ultimately Americans, right? The pride is in being an American while holding on to the culture of that you know, maybe from your, um, your birth country, right? Or if you grew up here in America, but, you know, ancestors, you know, they passed down certain cultures and everything from where they were from. Fantastic. Let's be Americans while also holding on to culture. I think that makes us unique and is a great thing for this, this country. It allows us to learn more and more about the people and why people do what they do, why they think what they think, why they hold the values that they do, to celebrate this cult, to celebrate different cultures and not, and not let the term cultural appropriation be slung around. Just because my family and I celebrate Taco Tuesday, like, you know, chill out on slinging arrows and stuff saying, Oh, cultural appropriation. You're not, you know, you're not Mexican. Why are you eating tacos? Uh, because I like tacos and I would think that would be like a, a good thing for the Mexican culture, right? You know, it's something that's so good. It should be celebrated. Like, Hey, people who are, 
who are not Mexican enjoy food, Mexican food. Like that should be something that would be be celebrated and not condemned like, oh, cultural appropriation. No. We all borrow from each other's cultures, whether you are aware of that or not. So we should celebrate the diversity of this country. We also need to bring back and advocate for the nuclear family. I have a previous episode about the nuclear family and how that is the best family model. We have seen heartbreak numerous times just in the past couple of weeks with these different shootings. And we learn that these, these, the, the young men that are committing these crimes or the adult men that are committing these crimes, they, they have a bad past. They have either a broken home, an absent father, an abusive relationship, something like that. And that is, seems to be like a, a common thread for these heinous acts of violence. We need to bring back the nuclear family. Try our best to make things work if there are difficulties in your marriage, not just go straight to divorce. We need to advocate for the nuclear family to keeping it together, a husband, a wife, and the kids. And then not just keeping it together, but as the parents, as the the husband and the wife, you need to be present for your children. It's one thing to be married, but not be present. It's one, it's the other if you are married and you are present, if you are active in the lives of your children, if you are taking notice of what is going on, if you are staying in touch with them and, you know, daily and, and really investing in their lives and investing in them and showing that you care and that you love them. And if you do happen to get divorced, if you do happen to get divorced, then you need to continue to be present in their lives, to be active in your children's lives, not become an absent father or an absent mother. Continue to pour into these children, into your children, because that is helping shape and mold them for the rest of their life. You know, legally, you only have them for 18 years, but life expectancy is somewhere around the mid-70s, about 78 years old. So for three more times that amount of time, they are legally on their own. You only have a finite time. It's just over 900 weeks from zero to 18 years old to shape them, to pour into them, to capture in those memorable moments, making moments matter. We need to truly advocate for the nuclear family. And if it's, it's again, if it doesn't work, then you need to still be present in your children's lives. I'm a child of divorce. But both my mom and my dad made sure that the two of them were present in in my life and my siblings' lives so that it was, I guess, I mean, they loved us, right, obviously, but it did not become like a broken home. And I am thankful for that. That That could be like in the minority when it comes to divorce situations, but that is what we should strive for. First, to stay married. Second, if a divorce occurs for both the mother and the father to still be present in the children's lives and not to take out like your, your vendettas against your, your ex spouse and then bringing the kids into the mix and it ultimately having a negative impact on the children's lives. Again, everything that we are doing with our values is not only impacting 
us in the present, but is also going to impact us in the future. And our future are our children. We need to do everything that we can to make sure that our children are being raised up and set for the best path forward in their life to be a successful contributing member of society when they reach adulthood. So the values of this country, I again, I believe needs to be being prideful to be an American, investing in our children, their education, their future. We need to make sure that we are taking care of our American citizens, our veterans, those of us here in our country, first and foremost. We need to make sure that we are advocating for the traditional values of our country, for Christian values in our country, to advocate for religious freedom, to advocate for celebrating cultural and ethnic, ethnic, ethnic diversity. We need to be advocating for these things. We need to be you know, supportive of the un- inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness here in this country. We need to get rid of this mentality of victimhood and that that is something that should be celebrated. We need sh- should be advocating for equality, not necessarily equity. We need to be advocating for freedom of speech and not uh, censorship or suppression of speech or violence against speech because you you don't like what someone said. You know, this mob mentality, that is not something we should be standing for. We should be advocating for the nuclear family. We should be advocating for present mothers and fathers. We should be trying to grow the kingdom of God, of Jesus Christ, to go out and make disciples, fulfilling the great commission of the Christian faith. We should be taking pride in the education of our children, improving our education system. We should be considering and fighting to do everything that we can to promote America as the land of opportunity, to be able to come here and make something of yourself, everyone to be given a shot to make their own life, not have the same result because everyone's results should be different because not everyone is the same, but to truly be that land of opportunity that we once were seen as like this, this beacon on a hill. We as the American people on the conservative right, we need to be advocating for these values. These are the values I believe that we need to be advocating for. We need to grab onto that rope, two hands pulling, heels dug into the ground and doing everything that we can to pull back the values of our country back to those traditional values when America was more successful, when we were strong as a country, when our national pride was strong back 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 plus years ago. We need to be advocating for these values of our country. We need to be fighting for these values of our country because the pull of the devil in this progressive movement is taking us over the edge of this cliff. And we need to do everything that we can to make sure that we as a country, we as the American people do not fall off. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO. 
or on Facebook at Counterthought Podcast.